The Chinese Year of the Black Milkshake. Welcome to Black Milkshake, the comedy podcast with me, Jorma Makirko, and him, Ray Mack. And we're back in our local juicer, the James Joyce, also sponsored by James Joyce Irish Pub in Istanbul. And the Dr. Brutus Himmler Institute of Psychiatology and Travelling Circus. And if you tune in to Grow Radio UK tonight, that's Friday at 10pm Turkish time, you'll also be able to hear our Halloween special with guest DJ Tim Hallam, who also plays Gemster Greg the Cleaner. Yes, he's going to be along later as, as Greg. Or should we not give away that Greg isn't a real no. person? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's our biggest episode today. So if you missed that one, we're also repeating on Wednesday at the same time. Or you can also catch all of the 20 episodes prior to this, wherever you get your podcasts. And we've got a jam-packed uh, show today. We've got Lost in Translation, True or False, Morgan Freeman, and the usual tomfoolery, shenanigans, and crack. Indeed. And Hansi takes Greg to the circus today and shows the lovely ringmaster's assistant what his willy is really for. Should we do true or false, Ray? Ah, sure. Look, <laughs> why not, Jimmy? Celebrity. Johnny Logan. <laughs> oh, I said that. Him again. <laughs> Johnny Logan appeared on Miami Vice, three minutes short cameo, season three, episode four, as a record producer, where Sonny and Crockett were questioning him as they suspected the boss of the recording studio was a drug smuggler. Wow. Um, Okay, as people who have listened to Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast from the beginning will know, that I didn't have a clue who Johnny Logan was. I think that was in our third episode, and the episode's called Johnny Logan because of that. Um, You know, it's something else, Ray. I never, ever watched Miami Vice. Wow, are you serious? Never, ever saw it. I know who... You're taking the piss. That's going to come up later on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I never, ever watched Miami Vice. I can picture the music. Everyone at school was always running around as, what were they called? Bodian dogs or something. (laughs) What were they called? Oh, the the dogs in Miami Vice. I don't know if they were dogs or not. (laughs) They were dogs. What were they called? Crockett or something. David Crockett, Crockett and Tubbs. Crockett and Tubbs. Who was Bodie and Dobbs? Bodie and Doyle. What was that then? <laughs> they were, that's totally different. Come on. That, that was sure something else that I didn't watch. Okay. Well, it's so specific, isn't it? Episode three, season four. Johnny Logan, who hasn't heard of him? The very famous musician. <laughs> He's a music producer. Yeah. Uh, unless you're pulling my plonker, then I would say the answer has to be true. <laughs> it's fucking false <laughs> Johnny Logan get a grip on Miami Vice okay maybe Fair City Jimmy or Glen Raw Irish TV series or next door in England maybe on Immerdale Farm right. <laughs> but 
Bath, Miami Vice Bath. <laughs> I've no idea, have I? I've no idea what these Eurovision types. I kind of convinced to. you, though, didn't I? Yeah, you did. You did. So, so you you got all that absolutely. It wasn't a trick like he was in episode three, series five. You just made all that shite up. Yeah, exactly. Fair play. Well <laughs> done. Do well. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you that the, one. <laughs> the biggest attraction of that show, by the way, Jimmy, was uh, heavily on the uh, 1980s new wave culture. It did this by integrating contemporary pop and rock music into the show. Weekly cameo roles came from rock and pop artists. They were spending around $10,000, Jimmy, or more per episode just to buy the rights of original recordings. A quick question, right? Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Which of these artists did not appear on Miami Vice? It's going to be difficult for you now because you did. Johnny Logan. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask you which guys didn't. Frank Zappa, Leonard Cohen, Little Richard, Willie Nelson, Phil Collins, James Brown, Glenn Frey, Barbara Streisand, Miles Davis. That was a trick question. All of them, Jimmy, appeared for short cameo roles. Oh, I was just about to say that. (laughs) <laughs> you are <worry> me. <laughs> and actually, Jimmy, Little Richard was the first star to appear on Miami and a short, very, very short role by Streisand, Barbara Streisand, because she also had a short lived relationship with Don Johnson, James Crockett. I did not know that. Did you learn not... something new. Don't you, you do think? indeed. Yes, yes. Come on, the next question. <laughs> question two. Um, now, we certainly, Jimmy, like our Aussies on Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast. We do. We love yeah, yeah. our Aussies and we love our animals as well, don't we? Yes. Dame Edna. Not connecting our... animals and Aussies in any way, by the way, if you're in Australia <laughs> or you're a member of the animal community. <laughs> we do like to talk about them. But our favourite Aussies are Lisa, Lisa Morrow, our travel yep. writer. And, of course, Lord Lisa's Mercy, got a new our... book out, by the way. Wow. It's out this week, yeah. Mm. Uh, Yeah, just to interrupt there. Uh, Yeah, Uh, if you're interested in a a really, really good guide to Istanbul as a tourist, or even if you live here, uh, check out Lisa Morrow's latest book. Uh, She gives you that really practical advice in a way that is so much better than Lonely Planet and um, that other one. Uh, Not The Lover's Guide. What was it called? Um, Not Reader's Wives. What's it called, Ray? Lonely Planet and... Karma Sutra. Not that, you fool. No, no, no. Um, no, 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 something on a shoestring, doesn't matter. Okay, the mainstream <laughs> travel books is what I mean. Okay, let's get back mm. to the question. We love Australians. Who else do we love, right? Kylie Minogue mm. has do. her backside, ass, butt, behind, rear end, posterior, Jimmy, insured for a whopping $5 million. True or false? <laughs> She's insured. <laughs> insured her arse. I mean, what what is that against? You know, third party fire and theft. <laughs> I mean, what the hell is going to happen? Been run into by a wild boar or something. <laughs> Why the hell would she need her arse insured? I don't know. The petite pop star Jimmy has been known for her inviolable bottom since her spinning around video. In the 2000. enviable. Mm. Enviable or inviolable? <laughs> Might be unviable, but I think it's definitely enviable. But anyway. That was a spinning around uh, video in 2000, (laughs) which saw her don a tiny, get ready, Jimmy, you like this, a tiny, tight pair, not not, not Mrs. O'Leary's knickers, 
golden hot pants. Oh, really? She was yeah, reported, I think I've seen that. And she was reportedly so proud of her best asset <laughs> that she insured them for $5 million, Jimmy. Ah, so she insured her hot pants rather than her arse. <laughs> she did not the arse. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> she was better known, Jimmy, for her part in the Australian TV series Neighbours with mm-hmm. Jason Donovan. But in the late 80s, Jimmy, Stock Aiken and Waterman, especially uh, Pete Waterman, he took her to a brand new level of superstardom. So let's raise, Jimmy, wait a minute. Raise your glass bottoms up to the lovely Kylie. Bottoms up, Kylie. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, Jimmy. Cheers. (laughs) Pandas, do handstands when they pee. Uh, Wait a minute. Take your time. I'll give you a few seconds to get your bearings. (laughs) Pandas do handstands. Yep. When they pee. Uh, would, pee. These be, would these be horizontal handstands? I was going to say, that's where that's where Oliver Reed got the handstand. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, idea. After drinking 100 pints of beer in 24 hours. With a and panda. Punters, yeah, and punters later said, Jimmy, that he caused pandemonium. <laughs> I bet he did. <laughs> pandemonium. The pandemonium as he drank a hundred bears. Um, so what do you think, Jimmy? Uh, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute tosh, Tommy Rot and Twaddle. I swear on my dog, Jimmy, it's as true as the day that's in it. No, Jimmy, picture this, if you will. Seriously. I'm trying not to. Standing on its four legs while urinating on a tree. This action is only known to be performed by male pandas. And reports suggest that leaving their urine higher off the ground will carry the scent farther away. This, in turn, attracts more potential female pandas for Jiggy Jiggy. Or right. mating. I see. Plus, other research, Jimmy, has said they are marking out their territory, often referred to as, get a little hold of this, urine hopping. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of research has gone into this, Jimmy. But in theory, theoretically speaking, I think they're taking the piss, Jimster. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, yes, of course, because I'm so competitive, I have actually Googled that. Um, And there is a YouTube video about it. Of course I did. (laughs) There's a YouTube video about it. But it it actually makes sense, doesn't it? Because that's what all cats and dogs do. Males, they they like to get the piss on a tree or something like that. What do you call, Jimmy? What do you call a male panda? Brian. Amanda. Amanda. <laughs> I reckon some of these questions. And for one of the ladies, you, Amanda Jimmy. Hug and Kiss. Say it again. <laughs> I think some of these questions bamboozled you today. They did. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the worst I've ever done, actually. Are there any more? Or is uh, my shame? I know, no. <laughs> Get away from around me. <laughs> <laughs> Yomas lost in translation. I am sorry, my friend, but I do not know what the hell you are talking about. <laughs>
Gomer and Ray. This Lost in Translation story isn't so much as being abroad, but is a tale nonetheless about a holiday and being totally misunderstood. With his son and his pal, both youngsters, myself and my ex-husband decided to go camping in the new forests in Hampshire in southern England. I rang the appropriate office to book a pitch on one of the beautiful campsites. I'd never arranged such an adventure before and had to ask a lot of questions, and answer a lot of questions, including the one, on your pitch will you be needing a cooker? The kind lady who took my booking had a strong, very strong Scottish accent, and me being from coastal southern England, I had to ask her several times to repeat herself as I really was struggling with her colourful accent. I understood that I'd booked a tent pitch for five days, close to amenities and very usefully, a cooker or oven was supplied. We borrowed a very worn tent that we had to shore up with a lot of gaffer tape and packed a few essentials to fry, boil and grill the items of food we'd planned on taking with us. We were a bit skint at the time, so this would save us money on eating out at cafes and restaurants. So we journeyed to our destination and I made my way to the little wooden check-in cabin. After swapping a few details with the very busy but helpful chap who served me, he handed me a key to the toilet block and a map to show me the location of our pitch. There was some level of noise at the check-in as several families were sorting out their issues. I was about to walk away when I remembered I needed to inquire about my cooker. Please could you tell me where to collect my cooker? I bellowed above the chatter. The chap gave me a blank look. He shook his head as if he didn't think he'd heard correctly. I continued in a loud voice. I must admit I was becoming a little impatient with his lack of understanding and cooperation by this point. I explained to him that the lady at the booking office had asked me if I wanted a cooker, etc., etc. He asked who I'd spoken to, and then he chuckled. It appeared with her very strong Scottish accent that she was actually asking if I needed a hookup. This is a term used for the electrical cable to plug into your van or equipment. Hookup, not cooker. I wasn't popular. We spent our holiday eating cold food and spending money we didn't have on cafes and restaurants, but I didn't have to cook and wash up either. That's from Kim Roberta Summers Crook in Southampton in England. One of the longest names I've ever heard, actually. But Kim, Kim, I don't know if you know Kim Roberta Ray. No, I think no. we're going to have to get her on the show soon, but she's a fantastic musician. She's in sev- several bands, um, and I think we're, we're she's a friend of the show, and I think she's going to uh, be on soon. Well, that's good um, enough for me, Jimmy. I'm definitely going to uh, look into yeah. that. Definitely, 100% this week. We'll put her on our... Um, play some of our stuff, her stuff on our radio show when that kicks off um, in Ireland next month. Yeah, I just also wanted to say that thanks ever so much, Kim Roberta. I also wanted to just give a shout out to Ben Willoughby as well, um, who sent me a really great message just saying how much he enjoyed the show. It's a moment when I was particularly not very pleased. So thanks, Ben. Keep listening. Uh, we very, very much appreciate it. And now for something completely different. When I first heard Black Milkshake Comedy Pubcast, I have no idea to this day what those two funny guys, Yorma and Ray, were talking about. Truth is, I don't want to know. Some things are best left unsaid. I'd like to think they were talking about something so beautiful it can't be expressed in words and makes your heart ache because of it. I tell you, those laughs soared higher and farther than anybody in a gray place dares to dream. It was like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage and made those walls dissolve away, and for the briefest of moments, every last man in Shawshank felt free. I find I'm so excited I can barely sit still or hold a thought in my head. 
I think it's the excitement only a free man can feel, a free man at the start of a long journey whose conclusion is uncertain. I hope I can make it from Istanbul to Australia. I hope to see my friend Chris Kochiski from the Noteworthy Differences podcast in Sydney and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it's been in my dreams. All right, well, thanks to Morgan for that. And um, yes, Chris, as promised, when I was on your show last week, I did promise you that I'd speak to Morgan this week and get you that shout out. So uh, yeah, Morgan, Morgan is always happy to help. It was good that I won, Ray, wasn't it? Absolutely. And Chris, seriously, good skills, pal. Well done. Yep. Warning, the following sketch contains flash photography. Welcome to Brutus Hamlet Circus! You, you were very fortuitous to get hold of seats 1A and 1B in the Brutus Himmler Circus, Omzi. Context, you know? Greg, do you like MILFs? I'm not entirely sure what a MILF is. Isn't it phyllo pastry in Turkish? No, you idiot. You must know what the cougar is then. Oh, I, I like them. They're the, the large, secretive cats, uh, native to North America, uh, who eat a diet of rodents, birds, fish and uh, rabbits. I'm talking about sexy women over 40, you know, like some of your mum's friends, the ones who know how to play the game and are on the lookout for young... Co- oh, I see. Uh, I appear to have misconstrued your meaning. Sorry, Omzi. Never mind that. You see the ringmaster's assistant, Vigella? The one in the thigh-high boots and the red lipstick? She's been looking at me all night. I'm going to give her my number after the show. Do you not think that the probability of her actually calling you is rather low, given the numerous distractions that exist in the modern busy circus environment? Ladies and gentlemen, we need a volunteer who's game for a laugh. Who's brave enough to step forward? I'll do it. I concur. This will be a fascinating opportunity to see the inner workings of the circus machine. Excellent. You two men on the front row, please come forward to the stage. A big round of applause. What are your names, boys? Hans Greg Aspinall. Now, Honzi and Greg, you'll be assisting our target audience tonight. Assisting? What do you mean? Honzi, do, do you think this could jeopardise our safety in any way? Stand still oh, and I'm try sure not you'll to be move safe, boys. The lady's like a big, brave boy. Okay, Vigila, watch this. I'm going to make this look easy. That's not all that's easy on this stage. Well, see, Greg... She can't get enough of me. Really? All you need to do is just hold these balloons. Do the balloons remind you of anything, Hansi? Uh, you, you mean, uh, uh Robert Jones? For our knife thrower to aim at. Knives! I assume that means he'll be projecting bladed weapons in our general direction. Hansi, I'm, I'm scared. Why not show us what a real man does? Okay, count me in. Greg, you'll have to take one for the team, my friend. Uh, maybe I should step back a bit. Oh dear! Ah! 
Oh man, that oh. was so close. I thought I was going to sever an arsenal. Indeed, it seems we were rather naive in our assumption that they were merely old in blooms. I don't believe this. I thought I was going to get her number. I must admit, that was quite an exhilarating experience. Greg, do you think I've still got a chance with Vigella? Uh, due to that emerging pool of urine around your feet and the fact that she's just touched the knife thrower's bum, I would venture... Oh, man, I've pissed myself! <laughs> <laughs> what a... What a... Bunch of lovable clowns. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Very <they>? intense, Jimmy. <laughs> I was actually quite pleased for Greg this week because normally Greg uh, ends up in some horrific situation, doesn't he? That he's where he's misread uh, something, but this time I think he actually comes out of this looking quite cool. As, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and certainly with drier trousers than Hansi. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> Horny Hansi will definitely like this. What planet is like a circus? What planet is like a circus? Well, I'm thinking the ring is like uh, Saturn, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Saturn, it has three rings, Jimmy. All right. Um, <laughs> what planet is like a circus? I have no idea. Saturn it has three rings. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was... <laughs> Come on, get your finger out, Jimmy. I will have to make the executive decision whether I cut that bit out and keep the punchline yeah, on slow. <laughs> yeah, long day, long week. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Black milkshake, best posts of the week. Jacqueline Nicholson from America. Post of the week, Gemster. All right. Jacqueline, not Jack. <laughs> I know. Ever so yeah. subtle, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> a man is speeding down a freeway miles above the speed limit when he gets pulled over by a cop. Why were you speeding today, sir? The guy replied, I'm a juggler in a circus and I'm running late for my next performance with Hansi and Greg the Cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> please, please accept my apologies. I'm so sorry. And I'm guessing you're going to need my license and registration. Hmm, the cop is well puzzled. And he says, hold on a sec, hold on a sec. My daughter enjoys juggling. I let you go scot-free with a warning. If you let me record you just for a minute, and I can send it to my daughter. Hmm. Officer, I don't have my equipment with me. I have to ship everything separately, the juggler explains. After a few moments of thought, the officer returns with five flares, Jimmy, from his pocket and lights them. The right. officer is well impressed. Good skills, he says to the juggler, as he begins to catch and toss the burning flares. Meanwhile, Jimmy, another man driving pulls over and comes to a complete stop. He walks out into the rear seat of the police car and shuts the door. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to slowly come out of that vehicle, the officer says, as he approaches Jimmy with his revolver drawn. The man looks at the cop and chuckles. 
His words, Jimmy, are slurred. Sorry, officer, but I ain't ever going to pass that sobriety test you got there. Absolutely no fucking way, officer. Okay, that's all, folks. Next week is our anniversary episode, so we'll be putting together something special with a few highlights from the last 12 months and the usual games and banter. And God bless you, and thank you, Shakers, for putting up with us for the past 12 months. Wait a minute. One year on, one year strong, Shakers. As Mm -hmm. Trump would say, Jimmy, strong, very strong. Beautifully strong, gorgeously strong, strong. (laughs) the strongest of the strong. Amazing strength. (laughs) No, seriously, thank you very much for that. We we could not have done this without you. I don't think we thought a year ago it would it would last a year, but we've got twenty one episodes under our belt. So thank you to everybody listening. Can we ask you please to follow Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast? That's three words: podcast, Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast, not podcast, on Facebook, and get in touch with us and let us know where you're listening from and what you like about the show. And pivotally important, everybody, don't forget to tell a friend about us. Thanks for your support, as always. And on a final note, Jimster, before we wrap up, Shakers, Fall and Rise of Reggie Perrin, once quoted, Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast, episode 21, didn't get where it is today by standing around with their hands in their pockets, playing with their bollocks, pal. Toodle pip for now, Shakers, and good skills for now. Yes, and special thanks to the Dr. Brutus Himmler Circus, Grow Radio UK, Morgan Freeman, Aaron McAndrew, Noteworthy Differences Podcast, uh, James Joyce Irish Pub, Tim Hallam, Valerie Richards, Eamon McAndrew. Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast was presented by Ray Mack and Yormer Co. and was produced by James Kirk. No animals or copyright were violated during the making of this podcast. Black Milkshake 2023